My name is Amy Pond. When I was seven, I had an imaginary friend. Last night was the night before my wedding, and my imaginary friend came back. All of time and space, everything that ever happened or ever will, where do you want to start? Anywhere you want, any time you want. One condition, it has to be amazing. Now it starts. You might want to find something to hang on to. It begins! What do you think Van Gogh rates in the history of art? To me, Van Gogh is the finest painter of the world. Certainly the most popular, great painter of all time. We didn't make a difference at all. I wouldn't say that. The most beloved, his command of colour, the most magnificent. The way I see it, every life is a, is a pile of good things and bad things. He transformed the pain of his tormented life into ecstatic beauty. Good things don't always soften the bad things, but Vice versa, the bad things don't necessarily spoil the good things or make them unimportant. Pain is easy to portray, but to use your passion and pain to portray the ecstasy and joy and magnificence of our world, no one had ever done it before. Try to see what I see. I'm so lucky we're still alive to see this beautiful world. Perhaps no one ever will again. One of the greatest men who ever lived. Greater than sunflowers. Geronimo and welcome to Who Do You Think You Are, the podcast that's bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. Our Doctor Who retrospective on best film ever. My name's Ethan. And for this episode, I'm going to refer to myself as the ultimate ginge Ian. (laughs) Oh, excellent. Yeah, because we are covering the series five, episode 10 uh, episode, Vincent and the Doctor. Yeah, This one was not like heavily requested by Ian for me. And uh, I, I also wanted to, cause this is, I, I'm totally like bearing the lead. This is, it's just, a, it's a phenomenal episode. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It, it's, um, it's one that I think really showcases the power, uh, and ability doctor who can do when it comes to sort of telling tales of, of history and just famous, famous people who, just we adore now and written i'll say by richard curtis which i mean you after you said it i can totally understand how this is a richard curtis written episode yeah absolutely yeah uh but no i'm gonna sort of jump in because we we have a lot to talk about i'll say this is a really exciting week for me because this episode will come out on saturday on like the wednesday afterwards i get to go to doctor who time fracture and be a doctor who character kind of okay so that's really fun yeah so next next episode i might talk about that for a bit because it's very so what does that what does that mean what are you going to do so doctor who time fracture is an interactive theater experience in london uh set during the time lord victoria stuff so the events of water of mars basically caused this 
and all the the wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff like there's another crack in time and uh the doctor has tasked uh a, a, an amount of people uh to join unit to go into these cracks in time and sort of save all of time and space and interact with uh doctor who monsters like cybermen and daleks and davros and all that kind of stuff you know i'm just looking at the website here this looks so cool it's so fun and the, and the best part is i kind of teased it on my twitter but um you you can dress up as characters oh, absolutely that, people should it means that yeah the actors interact with you more if you do that so oh. uh, I've, I've donned a tie i've got a, a raggedy blue shirt because i'm going as the raggedy doctor because it's the easiest and quickest uh, costume ever yeah i'm i'm so excited and um I'll, I'll, i'm gonna talk about it more at the end of this episode because i think it might work well for a lead-in but today we talk about vincent and the doctor which just fantastic and a little bit of context this time because Richard Curtis, we know from Four Weddings and a Funeral. Uh, he's Bridget Jones' diary. He's just fantastic. Uh, and for this, he was chosen uh, because he wanted to write something Doctor Who, mainly because he thought it'd be good for his kids. And he'd actually worked on uh, Doctor Who a bit before with showrunner of Series 5, Stephen Moffat, on um, a fun Doctor Who episode called The Curse of Fatal Death which was the fun comic relief spoof episode oh. where um, the Doctor would regenerate into not only Rowan Atkinson, but also Hugh Grant, yeah. who he's worked with as well. Yeah. Um, so this was his first time to actually like a proper Doctor Who episode, and he he wanted to go for, for Van Gogh. Uh, and he wrote uh, in a paragraph by saying, I'm terrifically moved by the life and fate of Van Gogh. He's probably want the single great artist in all forms received no praise whatsoever for his work. If you look back at Dickens, Chaucer, Shakespeare, Michelangelo, all hugely famous in their lives. And then there's one incredibly popular artist with no praise at all, literally wow. selling the one painting. It was it. It was that thought which initially made me wonder whether or not we could use time travel to put that right. And that was the initial inspiration for this episode. I'm just saying, Richard Curtis, there's 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 two now. Because we got two. Van Gogh and we've got we've got somebody here, the BFE. I'll let the listeners decide <laughs> which one of us it is. <laughs> But uh, nice. one of us is, is is gloriously ginger. I will just say that, <laughs> or at least as it, said, as it says in the show, used to be more so. But now there's a bit of a, <laughs> it's a bit less. And with that, we go into the episode. And much like Journey's End and Stolen Earth, I need to do a little bit of a recap to bring us up to speed. So since we last saw Team Tardis, uh, we had Rory from. The 11th hour joined the team uh, uh, to get ready for their wedding day, and he got shot and killed by a Silorian. Wow, I forgot about that, yeah. I'll tell you and what, that he... got me out of nowhere, because I did not think they were going to do that to Rory, not realizing oh, they had, yeah. a, they had, a, they had a, a much bigger game. The whole plan, yeah. yeah. Uh, but as he died in the episode, he was uh, right in the vicinity of the crack in time, and because he was eaten up by it, he faded from existence and this was teased throughout the series and basically amy has to forget him because that's how time travel works even though she's not as strong as the doctor he'll be able to remember rory but amy won't and because of this uh 
we go for a little time travel. But before then, we open with the fields of wheat with something rushing Wait, through them, scaring Is birds. this the very next episode? This is the very oh, next episode. This episode is clever. Yeah, very painful in some. some oh, it really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, so someone's painting in the field. It's the hero of the story, Vincent van Gogh. And the painting is being displayed in the Musée d'Orsay in France, where Bill Nye tells us all about the history of Vincent. And enter Amy and the Doctor, who's being extra nice to Amy because of Rory dying and yep. fading from existence, and she doesn't realize. So and if you've watched she, this in sequence, when she's all like, why yeah. are you being like this? And he's like, oh, no reason. She's like, ah, it feels like there's a reason. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, it, it hurts. And he's taken her to loads of nice places, uh, Arcadia, the Trojan Gardens, and now the Musée d'Orsay, and she's suspicious, but he's, he's a bit too defensive and says he isn't being suspicious. And we look around... The, the museum and we hear that Vincent van Gogh, he didn't really make much money. He sold one painting. And if you combined all of his paintings together and sold them at the time, you'd only be able to afford a sofa, maybe a couple of chairs. And we see there's a, there's a painting as well of the doctor, but the doctor who took care of van Gogh and Amy gets excited over a specific painting of a church, but there's something wrong. There's something in the church window that's very not good. It's a face and not a nice face at all, as the doctor says, because he knows evil and he knows that face in the window is evil. So he goes to Bill Nye. <laughs> I'm just so trying to figure out. Yeah. Like, um, why is the doctor so big on we're right, we're up against time and we got to help Vincent van Gogh? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand what was such a pressing issue compared to every other thing in the history of time. What was so special about this? And also, it does that stupid Bill and Ted thing, where it's like, we're running out of time. No, you're not. You're in the future. He's long since dead. We've established this. You could take literally a year to make this decision, and it would be okay. Time is wibbly wobbly. Yeah. I love time traveling, Doctor Who. I think it's it will, it will, so... It, really would be underwhelming if it's like the doctor sort of appears sees sees that there's a monster he goes away for like maybe three years in his time then comes back like a second later for vince and he's like cool sort it here you go what you mean like um, amy pond's origin story yes yes <laughs> good thing uh, it, he, vincent wasn't the one he stumbled upon first Oh God, that would, that would hurt. But he questions Nye about the painting <laughs> and he tells him uh, the exact period of time that he needs for when the painting was made. And he compliments his bow tie, leaves because it's life or death and they need to speak to Vincent van Gogh. And then we get the titles with, you know, the, the nice music, but the, the ugly. Yeah, um, the PlayStation 1 entrance. Yeah, yeah. I got it. And it's Vincent and the Doctor by Richard Curtis and the TARDIS lands in Vincent's time as the Doctor comes up with a plan to try and find him. And their, their idea is to look at the different landmarks from his paintings. And the first one is the, the cafe with the orange lighting from one of his paintings. And they ask around for Vincent, but uh, everyone says how much they dislike him. He's drunk, mad. He never pays his bills. And no one likes his paintings, even if the doctor says that he does. This is where I think <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll make this point. Um, yeah. The remit of the BBC, uh, who want to be the most creative uh, entity in the world, uh, but but their mandate is to inform, educate, 
and to entertain. Yeah. And the amount of education you can get about Vincent Van Gogh based on this episode, if you knew nothing about Van Gogh, you would walk away with a knowledge and maybe even an appreciation for many of his great works. You would yeah. know his backstory. You would know how he died. You would know why other painters or, or people who are uh, art critics find him to be um, one of the world's great masters. And you would find all the stuff out through a, a, a silly little TV program about running around looking for space monsters. It really is a remarkable thing. And so even this, where you hold up the picture of the, of the cafe, and then here's the cafe. It's just a seamless way to go, here begins your education on Vincent van Gogh. It's fan. This is one of the times that I would say this is much like sort of the beginning of Doctor Who. Because when Doctor Who was originally made in... 63 the whole notion was we want to try and educate kids this would be an education show so the first the first block of episodes were teaching kids about uh the prehistoric era about cavemen then the next one would be space aliens and they go back and forth through all these time periods to educate people and this is this is to me like what doctor who always wanted to originally be at that period of time and it does it so seamlessly and modernizes that's it, the thing I, think, I love that i think it speaks to like it's really difficult to do this now because yeah. i got news for you as teacher kids don't want their education in their tv programming you know what i mean no. they want to be free from that stuff but this is just you meant you said you used the word seamless seamlessly done mm. And I, I was I'm going to compare this to an episode later on when we get to the end. But there are there are modern Jody episodes that try and capture this, and they do to an extent, but not as subtly. And I think as we go on, we're just going to we're going to give a, a lesson of, of Van Gogh without even trying. Uh, but this is when we get introduced properly to the man himself, and uh, he's being kicked out because he's not paying again for any of his drinks, and he tries to pawn off one of his paintings instead. It was a very and, expositional kick out. Yeah, yeah. And the doctor tr tries to pay for him instead, but Vincent's angry and says he pays for his drinks, to which everyone laughs. And the doctor, he tells the doctor to get his nose out of everything. But Amy shows up and insists to buy a bottle of wine, which she'll share with Vincent and whoever she wants. Exactly. And this and is pain. It's the meat here. Yeah. But it's also painful because, you know, she's just yeah. lost Rory, but she doesn't know it. And so for us, we're like, you're moving on too quickly. No, don't have this. And geez, the chemistry these two had. Oh, it's great. I, I oh. saw the three of them all. The three of them hang out like the entire time of this production block to really cement that chemistry. And it, yeah. it, it shows. Uh, but inside the bar, they uh, they drink together. And Vincent thinks that Amy's also from Holland. And the doctor introduces himself, to which Vincent thinks, oh, it's another doctor sent by my brother. And we get a, a little bit of some timey-wimey banter with Vincent showing a painting and Amy saying, oh, that's one of my favorites. Oh, but you've never seen my paintings. Oh, one of my favorite paintings I've ever seen. But Vincent believes his art's awful and it's the best he can do. And Amy and Vincent have a bit more of a flirt. So the doctor interrupts trying not to, you know, remove all of Rory from time. And he wants to ask about the churches. But there's one church that Vincent does say that he's been thinking of, but before we can find out, we hear some screams for help because there's been a murder. And the doctor goes to investigate because a young woman has been ripped to shreds by a monster. The mother screams at Vincent, blaming him for his madness that's caused this. 
And Vincent says that he's used to this and tells them that the murders started about a week ago for everyone, but he's still getting the blame because of his madness. And um, he accidentally invites Amy and the doctors who stay over at his for a night because he doesn't know where they're, where they're staying. And the doctor sort of takes that as a as an invitation. Yep. Um, yeah. it's, it's a fun introduction. I did yeah. find myself wondering, um, I know the TARDIS can make everybody sound English. Uh, boy, they made him sound working class and various, like, this is not Provence. <laughs> this is, uh, yeah, this is, uh, language is one thing, but like, you know, a, a very working class accent. I'm like, I don't really know if I buy that. Uh, Provence the would, just tries that hard. Provence is that France? Um, I think so. Yeah, because everything's in the Musée d'Orsay, so I think it's sort of technically Provence, up Côte d'Azur. It's a French region, anyway. Yeah. Uh, yep, southeast France. So there we go. Not too <laughs> far from Monaco. Ooh, yeah. And then we go to Vincent's house, and we get to see more and more of Vincent's paintings, sort of just scattered about and he refers to them as clutter and it's it's sort of that um the irony of we know how important they are but he doesn't yet and he's he says he's come to accept that the only person who's ever going to love his paintings are him but amy and the doctor are enthralled by getting to see them richard curtis really likes going to this well i've i've just i've just had a brainwave because like the entirety of the movie yesterday ever see yesterday yeah, sadly. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. I, I, I like it to an extent. It's I all think. based around, oh, nobody yeah. knows that's a Beatles song, but that's a Beatles yeah. song. Oh, <laughs> they don't know how great of a song this is. Sorry. Oh, let's let's ch- change Hey Jude to Hey Dude. Way too, much, way too much Ed Sheeran in that film. I'll give you that. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, the film tanks me when Ed Sheeran shows up. Yeah, there's way too much Ed but, Sheeran in uh, yeah. it. Yeah. But from one ginger to another, we get Vincent putting a kettle on a canvas and the doctor freaks out because, you know, that's a, that's a great one. And he says to take care with them. And the doctor really wants to learn about the, the church, but he doesn't really care. So uh, Vincent doesn't care. So we get to learn about Vincent and we sort of see about his, his ethos and his understanding of art. And he says, look around. Oh, it, it seems to me that there's so much more to the world than the average eye is allowed to see. And if you look hard enough, there are wonders to this universe that you can ever have dreamed of. So in a sense, and, in yeah. a sense, Vincent's going, look around, look around how great <laughs> it is to be alive right now. With the greatest painter in the world. Oh, come on. I can't wait wait for a Doctor Who episode where he goes to like, um, he meets Hamilton, like Alex, the Alexander Hamilton. He's like, just just hear me out for a second. He's going to be disappointed. He him to see Hamilton. He's going to be disappointed when he finds out he's white. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to be like, Um, I always imagine something different. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Lay some beats down, Alex. For the record, think, love, love Hamilton. If you've listened yeah. to Pod at all, I love me some Hamilton. I think, yeah, this doctor actually references Alexander Hamilton being like um, Jefferson, Hamilton, and um, one of the other founding fathers, two of them fancied me. It's like in the next oh, really? season, I completely oh, forgot about that, yeah. Um, but no, I, I love this because one, beautiful. Two, it's really well done foreshadowing of the reason as to why Vincent's going to be able to see things that we can't later on. 
Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, that was an interesting thing. Yep. Yeah. And he says that, you know, color holds the key and he can hear the colors. Whenever he steps outside, he feels nature telling him to capture their mystery. And his his passion is just beautiful. And while he's rambling. Well, I was going to say, if this wasn't directed or acted as well as it is, uh, this could be very... um, this could be very corny. It could have been over the top. It yeah. could have been tenning. Uh, I, I feel that uh, this is done in a way that it sort of captures his genius, but also his trouble. Yeah, because it's not like it's not a consistent ten. It's sort of oh. it goes up and down, and the points where the real action shows. It's, yeah. man, it's, it's manic behavior, and as a result, I feel this captures it really, really well. Where all of a sudden, mm. and I mean, I, I don't want to, I won't, I won't. I'm not going to jump ahead. So, um, yeah. but but no, I feel that as a, a manic episode kind of goes, uh, yeah. this felt really good. Uh, but while he rambles, the doctor asks Amy, uh, ask where Amy is, to which she replies by screaming from far away and panting and falling on the floor. She says something hit her from behind. But Vincent sees something that the other two can't. He tells them to run away while he grabs a fitch, uh, pitchfork. And uh, the doctor assumes he's having a fit, uh, but no one else is here, uh, Vincent. But he's wrong because someone, uh, something slams the doctor over and rips a sheet. The doctor lies and says, oh, no, I can see this too, as he tries to help. But he's proven false when he gets smacked around again. And Vincent stabs the creature before it gets away. They did occasionally give us uh, a glimpse from, I guess, Vincent's perspective. So we knew Vincent wasn't crazy. How much fun must these two guys have had just (laughs) acting this out and just... And the thing is... Vincent's Vincent's got the bit where stab and pretend there's something there. That's one level. But then Smith's got stab like you're pretending something is there, but you can't see it, even though you know it probably is there somewhere else, but you just don't know where that is. And that's several layers deep. And I'm like, it's so fun. God bless you, boys. Because the creature's left and uh, Vincent's like, oh, no, it's it's okay now. And we just we sort of pan back. We just see the doctor completely other side of the courtyard swinging a stick around in th- at thin air as if, like, he's trying really hard. And I think this is, like, this is the perfect goofiness, I think, Smith has for that doctor. Uh, but we go back to Vincent's house again and... Uh, he destroys a canvas, uh, a very nice canvas, to show what the creature looks like. And it's, um, imagine a massive turkey, but with, like, spikes and horns. Yes, uh, that's sort of what Vincent shows. And the doctor looks concerned and horrified, and uh, he tells Amy to look after Vince, and, and uh, he'll be back before you can say, oh, where's he got to now? But not that fast. No. Still needed some time to, to go back. And uh, we get some POV shots of the monster lurking above, seeing the doctor, but the doctor can't see it. And he heads the TARDIS and has the feeling he's being followed and he gets back inside before he can be attacked. And he scavenges through his box of junk and apologizes to a machine he was given by a very smelly godmother, which uh, can be used to, to scan and uh, give the, the life prints of different things. And to show it works, we get to see uh, William Hartnell again as we slowly go through all of the different Doctors as it figures out who the Doctor is. And uh, the Doctor uses the photo Vincent did to try and get a match, but it struggles showing parrots instead because, you know, bird creatures. And uh, the Doctor puts it on to wear, and as he exits, it picks up the creature immediately and 
the doctor thinks, oh, the machine must have just figured out what it is, just a little bit slow. But no, it's oh, that's right behind him. Yeah, it's right behind him. And he begins to run away from him as it charges down the street from him. And this we get our real first glimpse at this uh, this creature, the, the Gravis, I think it's called. Um, big, big CGI turkey rhino. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I'm okay that we only got to see it for moments. Um, not really a yeah. fan of this one. Yeah, it's... It's a shame because it, it encapsulates the story well. It's just um, the it, the budget's not there yet, but it's getting there. Yeah, yeah. Maybe the yeah. skills, maybe the so I don't know. Yeah, maybe technology's not fully there yet. At least not on a TV level. Because this, this is two thousand ten. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but there's a little chase, but the doctor's able to escape. But Amy scares him, searching for him because Vincent's snoring and it's really boring for her. So the doctor bursts in on a sleeping Vincent while Amy surprises uh, him with lots of sunflowers as inspiration. But uh, he says uh, he finds them a challenge because they're, they're half dead, half alive. And uh, the doctor then asks Vincent if that creature, if the creature that he has on his machine is what he saw. And this we find out it's called the, the Graveus. And it's a race that travels through space in a pack that scavenges across the universe. And there's such a brutal race that if one gets left behind, they'll never go back for it. So they, being alone, just kill whatever's around them when they're abandoned. So the plan now is to paint at the church to try and find the Creveus. The Doctor knows how risky it is because this could be the murder of the greatest artist to ever live, meaning... Half the paintings in the Musée d'Orsay will never exist. Although he seemed to be okay with it when he was bashing and saying the Impressionists wouldn't have had this problem earlier. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, to be fair, he's even like, sorry, Vincent. It's a little bit of fun. Um, but uh, the doctor then goes to check on Vincent to find him just weeping in his bed. And he wants to help Vincent, but he says that he can't. And the doctor leaves um, when he says that he'll. He says that when the doctor leaves, he'll be left with an empty heart and no hope, and it won't end well. And he refuses the doctor's friendship and screams at him to get out and leave. And the doctor says to Amy that they're going to have to leave because months from now on, he'll take his own life. So they'll have to do this all by themselves. But before they can, Vincent decides, no, it's time. And yeah, and this is the part like uh, like his episodes over on a dime. And then he's like, yeah. no, I'm okay now. Sometimes it lasts months, but sometimes it's over quick. And I thought it was a really good uh, explanation. If you've ever struggled yeah. with uh, with depression or things like that, I think it's a, a fairly apt. Um, it's really weird. A story about spaceships and monsters used <laughs> Vincent van Gogh to have a real, real conversation about depression. I'm like, how is this, how is this working as well as it is? Because it shouldn't. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. And as they walk this to them, when Vin, Amy talks to Vincent about his, his sadness and his mental health, and he says that he isn't. He'll be talked about his feelings for the weeks and months, but he's fine for now. And he says if Amy Pond can venture on, then so can he, because even though she doesn't know why she's sad, she still cries. Yeah, and, and she's lost. He, he knows she's lost someone. Yeah. Yeah, he susses that, that that sense. Uh, but even though Amy doesn't know why she's sad, she'll still cry at what Vincent says. And this is when the doctor gets a bit concerned and tries to change the subject a little to formulate the plan. But as they do, the procession for the murdered girl goes past with sunflowers on the coffin, which I thought was a, a nice little just upsetting touch. Yep. And the trio 
pay their respects as they pass and back at the church, Vincent begins to paint it. And the doctor tries to help Vincent mentally, but he doesn't care right now because all he wants to do is paint. And the doctor gets really impatient because it takes a lot of time to paint things. So uh, as the, the linear progression of time goes past, the doctor gets more and more stubborn and he tries to talk about Picasso and Michelangelo and all the times he had there. He gets frustrated that time's really slowly in the right order for him. Yeah. And it's because the doctor's nervous. Before he can worry anymore, Vincent sees the creature and Vincent wants to join the doctor, but he refuses to let him because if Vincent dies, then a lot of the world's culture dies with him. And uh, he's okay because he's armed with a suitcase, overconfidence, and a sonic screwdriver, he says, and tells Amy not to follow him, but they all know that she will. And before Amy leaves, Vincent tells her that he loves her, and uh, the Doctor prepares his machine to try and find the creature and enters the church, and inside the church, the Doctor can't find the Graveus yet, and he scans around but struggles, and outside, Vincent sees the creature starting to turn towards the Doctor, but they can't warn him. So then the creature smashes the machine, meaning the Doctor can't see it anymore. Amy, Amy rushes in to help, and the two have to hide in the confession booth. And while they try and be as quiet as possible, the Doctor asks her to breathe a little quieter. But the creature can hear them and begins to smash through the booth as Amy screams because the Doctor recognizes that its hearing is very, very good. And as they now, as Vincent then enters the the church with a chair screaming to distract the creature they all run outside and they try and dodge the creature but it's not good enough so they barricade it off with a door but it's only going to last a little bit so the doctor comes up with one final plan as he says to amy and rory yes. realizing his mistake to amy's confusion oh that that hurt even though it had been a while since i'd seen his death episode it still it still lingers and um, even even doing this uh, today, when I say Amy and instead of Amy and Vincent or Amy and the Doctor, I'm still wanting to say Amy and Rory because it just it's natural in my head. Okay. Uh, but the Doctor theorizes that he'll can uh, try and talk to the creature, but the smashing door against, but it's smashing against the door isn't convincing for it. But the Doctor, however, still tries to plead with it to listen to him, and he tells his story that he's alone too, but. It's not entirely good enough because the creature smashes through the window and enters the building. But Vincent notices that uh, it's only moving around the edges of the room. And this is when the doctor says that he's he's growing too old and he's stupid because the reason it has such perfect hearing is because it's blind. And it's just a bit too late because it's, it's hearing the doctor shout the Graveus charges at the trio and Vincent's easel stabs uh, into the Graveus and kills it. And Vincent's distraught. He didn't mean to kill it. He said that its crime wasn't mora morality or um, or murder. It was just fear. Mm -hmm. And the creature says to the doctor as it's dying that it's afraid and he calms it in its final moments. And Vincent even says that he was frightened and lashed out like humans. So winning isn't always fun. But the same night, the three all lie outside in the grass together and they hold hands and Vincent wants to show Amy and the Doctor the world that he gets to see. Where the blues and blues and the lighter blues come together and through the blueness and the blackness, the clouds and winds swirl through and burst through with the stars. And He shows them how they roll through the light. And 
he says that the magic of nature blazes through their eyes and the doctor even agrees. And there's nothing quite as wonderful as the things that Vincent sees, according to the doctor. Question about something that Vincent sees. I'm not sure if we, uh, yeah. if we brought it up the bit where um, the doctor tells Amy to stay put and uh, he asks her, are you going to stay put? She goes, no, I'm going to follow him. <laughs> Or maybe it happens now afterwards now and he's like, Mary you getting marry me and she goes, I'm not the marrying type. Oh, that's a bit light. Oh, I'm sorry. I will tell yeah, you what, yeah. I'll, I'll act all surprised when it comes back up. <laughs> and uh, But this was morning, this was really cool though. Sorry, yeah. back to the part that we are yeah. talking about. No, and, it's and seeing the colors go around in that very Van Gogh way. I mean, we talked about production yeah. values a minute ago, but th- this is fantastic. Because it's similar to uh, in the first episode we covered where the Doctor holds Rose's hand and sort of begins to show her his world. And it's that same thing of through like the the, the physical link. We we see it slowly change and the music's beautiful and it, it's full credit to the actor because he puts it. He puts his soul into every word he says. Yep. Um, he, he's excellent in this scene. He's excellent in most yeah. scenes he's in. And uh, then the next morning, Vincent offers the Doctor and Amy a painting, but he can't accept it because, you know, the time-space continuum. Well, it's the, it's the portrait, too, isn't it? I mean, yeah, geez, it's the portrait of, those... of him, like, one of the uh, most iconic ones. Yeah. And Vincent says his goodbyes to the Doctor and Amy, but not before he offers to make beautiful red-headed children with Amy. But Vincent fears that when they leave, he might not be so do so well alone again. And the Doctor and Vincent hug, and it's very bittersweet. And as they leave, however, the Doctor has one more trick up his sleeve because he wants to show Vincent something. So he takes Vincent to the TARDIS, to which he's astounded and immediately accepts it off the night that he's had. And he even says, and I thought I was supposed to be the crazy one. Yeah. And the Doctor showcases the TARDIS, the ketchup, the, the mustard, the, the soothing music, and sets it in flight and takes him to present day 2010 which I'm now realizing is 12 years ago. And that yep. the course of time terrifies me. Mm-hmm. And he's brought Vincent to the Musée d'Orsay to show him something very important. And I put in my notes as I was writing this, I'm, I'm already tearing up. Yeah. Because Vincent gets to witness his work being loved and seen by so many people. And the appreciation of his work, he put all his heart into all around him. But to add, oh, Dr. Ross Bill Nye, all around. The doctor asked Bill Nighy uh, where Van Gogh rates for him in the history of art. And I've got the whole thing because it's just a beautiful speech. Okay. And he just says, to me, Van Gogh is the finest painter of them all. Certainly the most beloved, uh, popular, great painter of all time. The most beloved and his command of color is magnificent. He transformed the pain of his tormented life into ecstatic beauty. Pain's easy to portray, but to use your passion and pain to portray joy and ecstasy and magnificence of our world. No one has ever done it, and perhaps no one ever will again. In my mind, the strange wild man who roamed the fields of Provence Provence, is not only the world's greatest artist, but one of the greatest men that ever lived. Yeah, and you know why this is all a whole bunch of crap? Why? 111 words. <laughs> Did you count it? I, I well, I didn't count. I copied it and pasted it into a word counter. But yeah. Incredible. Hundred and eleven words. The doctor asked him, in, he would he would fail. Words. He would fail. Yeah. He no, I'm stop. The exam board would say we stop marking after one ten. So after hundred, sorry. So you lose one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. So it finishes with uh, the fields of Provence was not only the world's greatest, and that's where it stops. So he. <laughs> 
He completely misses his main thesis as a result. Incredible. It's important to get to get get to the point, Bill. Come on, come on. Like, why throw a word a hundred words or less in there? Just just to do, it's just me having some fun. But there we go. And this was because he 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 adds with in my mind. I yeah. I think personally. To be fair, that's me when I whenever I try and expand the word count for an essay, but I, I'm counting. Oh, it comes from, up as it's so obvious. Yeah. Jeez, if whenever yeah. students write, I personally think I'm always like, of course you do. It's your essay. You, know, <laughs> I think Will's. I personally look okay, at you. Don't have to personally think. I personally think Van Gogh is one of the greatest artists. Just say Van Gogh is one of the greatest artists. There yeah. you go, and then you don't fail your word count, and the doctor gets to hear what you said. <laughs> but Vincent weeps with joy and he thanks Nye and Nye even second guesses whether or not he just met Van Gogh. He's so and good. He's so, he's so good. It's so subtle. And uh, I mean, there's a bit of humor there, which I needed because in yeah. the bit where Van Gogh is, I mean, I'm crying more than Van Gogh. I mean, it's oh, it's the just be- the, I'm, the I'm, music playing as well, <sighs> like. I it's think, not Murray Gold's score. It's just like a piece of, and it's so good. Now, it's different in the case of Vincent van Gogh because obviously he wants to be something, but he, he's so down on himself, and but his yeah. passion is so real, um, and he's so tormented by his talent as well. But I think anybody mm. who wants to do well at something and fights with belief and going, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing right by this? When you get any sort of uh, accolades, um, it's humbling and the tears often come from a place of relief because you want it so much to be true and you want to make sure you're not doing the wrong thing and when you find out that someone goes no no no, you really are this thing that you tried to be i think the tears come from just relief that you didn't let everybody down or that you didn't let your talent down or you didn't i think that's what i guess where it comes from i really do yeah because it's it's his passion it's his life's joy it's the thing that he he does and captures an emotion and the fact that people get to actually see that it's beautiful i mean eric from and, uh chariots of fire which we did just last week on the on the pod <laughs> uh with reverend bruce um yeah. you know um eric the the scott who, who runs um probably he'd have to lie and say he was from holland too but uh he would he <laughs> he said you know uh, when he runs, he feels God's pleasure. And I think it's a little bit of that. Yeah. The idea about what's that one thing you're supposed to do. And Vincent can't help it. He, Even though he thinks he sucks, he has to paint. Yeah. And now back in his own time again, Vincent, he's full of joy and he's ready to start painting. And the doctor says how much of an honor it was to meet him. And uh, he even says to the doctor, he's the first doctor to make a difference in his life. And Vincent asks again about marriage, but Amy says she isn't the marrying type. And, that hurts more because her fiance that she wanted to marry oh. is dead. And, 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 and the doctor played interference on on, on the yeah. wedding night. Now, he doesn't know it, yeah. or he didn't at the time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the, the do I leave is uh, Vincent smiles and walks away with a pipe in his hand. And back at the museum, Amy's back at the gallery. Even Amy's so excited to see all the new paintings that will be there because she learned before that time can be rewritten. But have have we talked about the song like i mean is it the score but the song i don't know what the song is it's called oh, vincent uh, i believe oh uh the the actual piece yeah, of the, music or the, the bit that's like there's like, like a vocal over it too though it's like you know, oh uh, that's chances by athlete oh by what uh by athlete by athlete um, are you sure yeah. about this yes okay i checked um but no it's 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 oh, a no, great okay. song 
yeah and it's one that i will be i will be adding to my spotify playlist because of that it used to be on my phone i don't know if it still is Ooh, yeah it's a hard one to I, find yeah um and there's nothing new in the in the gallery though and amy just looks in pain as Nihi confirms it by just saying that he still died at 37 and there are no new paintings and she thinks that they didn't make a difference but the doctor doesn't believe that and he says that life is a pile of good things and bad things and the good things don't always soften the bad things but the bad things don't have to spoil the good things and they definitely added to his pile of good things and they also made a couple little good changes because the Graveus isn't in the church painting anymore yep. but also most importantly is is from Vincent swells the score the score by Murray Gold swells Amy walks towards a painting of the sunflowers just getting closer and closer and we see her reaction and on the vase Vincent's written for Amy and she gets all weepy and she says that if we got married our kids would have had very red hair the ultimate ginge and it would have been brighter than sunflowers and that's how we end the episode yeah yeah um it's just uh it's a it's a journey it's a, it is a journey it is a journey it's yeah. also a very uneven episode <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah but where it's excellent it really is excellent uh i think i said my whole bit about my, my whole wrapping up feelings about the bbc and to inform educate and entertain but it does this in spades yeah. This it's is the kind of thing I wish Doctor Who would do more of. And I know usually each series yeah. they do one historical figure. I wish they'd do a little bit more of this and a little bit less of the running from random aliens. Yeah, I I I, I teased it a bit earlier on. Uh there's a but um the 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 new era kind of tries to encapsulate on that again. I don't really think I don't remember Capaldi getting that many sort of historical stories at least like in informative wise yeah but uh the 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 one i can compare this to i know i haven't seen it yet it's uh it's the it's an episode of jody's with rosa parks and a lot of that episode is a mix of uh, a strange space uh baddie is trying to do something that will inflict with rosa parks's life but also informing and telling things but not as subtly as this episode. And I, I I really like when Doctor Who's able to do this mix of informing, entertaining, and what what the series originally was. I don't think there are many people who are like, oh yes, I want Doctor Who to go back to the educational program no, originally yeah, yeah. was. But but it's when it's done masterfully like this and and the writing is just beautiful. It's so well crafted. That helps when you get Richard Curtis to come do it for you. Oh but. yeah, I think I even said in in, uh, in the last episode when when Nighy's talking about uh, Van Gogh at the end and the music swelling, it just reminds me of um, of the opening scene in Love Actually where he's talking at, like just from his heart. I and I love it. I just love it so much. And and from that, I think it's the best to go into sort of our end game with uh, favorite element. Uh, the cinematography in the museum had a, a series mm. of repeated shots. The overhead shot coming up the central 
um, staircase stopping at the statue, usually some sort of focus pull from the eyes of a character to the eyes of Van Gogh in the in the cutaway that said the entrance to the museum, and then a couple of, it was repeated throughout, and it was repeated mm. all three times that we we, we went into the museum. Uh, I felt that added a sense of uh, expectation upon the second and the third. The second mainly focusing on Vincent's eyes and the third mainly focusing on Amy's. And mm. uh, I felt those were both really emotional moments and one where you gave me this 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 great sort of fan service moment where Vincent gets to realize who he is and I get to live through that. And then the expectation that somehow he would have had to change lives and there would have been like double the space. Now, I love that, you know, nothing else has butterfly affected out of here. The same guy still yeah. doing the tour, all that stuff. Um, <laughs> but no, really, really, really um, appreciated it. I would say, now that I'm thinking about it, if they had changed the painting as a result of the interference in Vincent's life, Bill Nye, he shouldn't remember the conversation about the bow tie. I think he comes back like the day after. Yes, but he should no, because he's changed the past. Oh, I think wibbly wobbly timey wimey. <laughs> I think that there's there's like those li- little things because if I don't I don't know anymore. It's not very often the Doctor Who does the let's go back in time and see what's changed. They don't they don't tend to do that a lot. Yeah. We just sort of leave it as is. Um, but nonetheless, uh, no, my favorite element was the cinematography. And that's saying something because this is a, oh, all oh, the music. It's really hard. It's a really, yeah. everything in the museum. That's it. The, the museum yeah. is my vote. There's there's so much you can choose. And I was going, I was going, the obvious one is is naive speech at the end because it's, it's the culmination of the entire thing. And, there's also like th- there's a short list for this for me like Vincent's speech when they're looking at the stars and they see the starry night and just it encapsulates sort of that ethos and just Vincent's actor in 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 whole but I've got to say I think for Doctor Who a show which is primarily about an alien with two hearts that changes its face and the laws of time and physics just don't exist the fact that they were able to portray mental health so well, so informatively and so realistically without making it dramatic and over the top. It's just, it is unto itself just beautifully and masterfully done. Yep. yep. And from, from beautiful, masterful things, um, <laughs> least favorite element, I think we're going to be, be tied on this one. Sorry, least favorite element. Yeah, little oh, little. the monster. Yeah, yeah, it was it was disappointing. And this character design, even in its, even in its purpose. I mean, the irony, of course, is that you have Vincent Van Gogh who sees things that we don't, and then you got a monster who can't see anything. Mm. Um, and as a result, they're both equally alone. So there's some poignancy there. Now, I think I did a hell of a lot more work getting there than the script did. Uh, it was just monster of the week. And it was just an excuse for these two to meet, which is fine, but it was very gimmicky. I can't see him, but yeah. Vincent can. I need to have a mirror with me at all times. All right. I think it's you could have structured it like midnight, and it would be it would seem as if you're ripping it off, but in the sense that I'm okay not seeing the monster. 
I, I'm okay hearing it, hearing the footsteps, seeing the damage it causes, and maybe just having the camera just be a little bit further away so you don't see like the the actual drawing or whatever. It's just because of the budget you have, you have to work within the limit, and it it does bring it down a bit. I'm fine with it in the overall thing because of what it means to the story. The creature itself, I think, is great. It's the design and the way of showing it is the only the only real issue for me. Do you know where they actually were? Uh, I I can't remember. It was when they did Vampires of Venice, I think. Uh, they were in, yeah, maybe it was there. Too. They were in Croatia. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. I was going to say yeah. Crete. I knew it was a C. Yeah, Crete would look beautiful. I mean, the fact that this yeah. is Croatia, not the south of France, is saying something. It's incredible. And from that, I guess, uh, guess our ratings. What what are we naming Ooh. naming uh, numbering this? Hmm. This is an episode that's so many things well. Um, yeah. The instant chemistry between Vincent and uh, Amy, and to the point where you'd be really cheering it on if it wasn't for um the rory factor if it wasn't for the fact mm. that uh, you've already got a love triangle to begin with let alone adding a, a fourth a uh, square i guess a love square doesn't sound that good <laughs> a love rectangle how about that? that's better yeah um you got the historical stuff which which i love you've got the before and after you got bill nye the music's fantastic and then it's really let down by this monster of the week. <laughs> and anytime they went back to the monster, I was like, I'm bored. And in typical Doctor Who fashion, I mean, the, the last 15 minutes of the episode are knockout fantastic. Oh, yeah. And the story that gets you there is about half an hour and isn't, very, isn't really as good. So I thought to myself going in, because I thought this might be a 10 when we first started. Yeah. And I thought to myself as it was going along, the story part, am I more or less, because Waters from Mars, I think I gave nine and a half to, and I'm sitting there going. Yeah, it was either nine and a half or ten. I think I stopped short of a ten. I think you might have gone ten. I think I went nine and a half. I think I did. Yeah, I know I did. And so I thought to myself, no, I appreciated the the monster of the week. I still really enjoyed that side of it too. This sort of like yeah. horror kind of thing. I didn't get there here. So I'm going to go nine out of 10, but a really, I mean, a really strong nine. And mm. those last 15 minutes might be the best 15 minute sequence in Doctor Who, save for like a regeneration episode. Yeah. But like as far as a single standalone episode, um and not a special not a special you know what i mean just a, a single a standalone stand, 46 yeah. minutes this was so nothing but respect for that uh nine out of ten yeah i i'm gonna go nine as well because i was when we did the 11th hour last week i was like okay there's so much of of the episode that i'm like okay this works the monster works well because you get to change between everything but with this you you have to see this rhino looking it looks like a thing from fantastic beasts and it it, it brings it down but so much of this yeah. episode is fantastic and i feel i'm underselling how good this episode is because the the writing the performance the music the cinematography like you said cinematography is fantastic con, yeah the concept of it the the humor at points the the heart yeah it's just that one tiny part it's still fantastic it's just lacking that one sort of slightly important 
thing to make it Doctor Who. I really want to add a new a new thing for 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 Matt Smith, a new segment. Yeah, I want to call it <laughs> Matt Smith's Big Speech of the Week because <laughs> Matt Smith might be the best at giving a big speech. And yeah, uh, we didn't talk. It's a good speech. We didn't talk. Maybe it's because Moffat just writes big speeches better. Um, yeah. We didn't talk about the speech he gives the. Oh, what was the monster's name last week? The. Oh, uh, Athraki. Oh, Prisoner or, Zero. Oh, the, the Atraxi. Yeah. The Atraxi. And the speech he gives on the roof. Big speech. Like, massive yeah. big speech. Like, get, get your acting shoes on and just orate. He's fantastic. This yeah. one, the big speech of the week, is him with Amy with the hands and the face, and it's really quiet. Yeah. But even though it's Love quiet the, in volume, it's, it's big in concept. So I just kind of wanted to bring that to the fore because I bet you he gets the ones we're going to be reviewing. I bet you he gets a big speech of the week every week. Yeah, and that's a perfect way to segue into what we're going to be doing next time. <laughs> if and it's next what time- I think it is, it's a big old speech. Oh, just you wait, because next time we'll be back with uh, our regular format. So in two weeks, because we've now caught up. Yes. Uh, But I brought up Time Fracture at the beginning of this episode, where I have to go through a crack in time. And the next time that I'm going to be talking about Doctor Who, I might have seen the Pandorica. Wow, the Pandorica. I might have seen the daleks i might have seen every possible thing in all of doctor who existence because we are covering the destruction of everything the reboot of everything we're doing the series five finale we're doing Zack snyder's justice league we're doing Jack Snyder's <laughs> Justice League. We are doing the Pandorica opens and the Big Bang. We get Rory wow. back. We get Amy. All the two parter, is it? Yeah. Okay. We get to see River properly. <laughs> this is the first Jeez. time we get to see River song. Um, Crazy. We we get the culmination of this first series, and I'm I'm actually looking forward to going back and seeing it because. I think talking about it, I'm going to understand more. We get, we also get um, just some, some fantastic speeches again from Matt Smith. We get like five. Yeah. Oh, he's so, got that. He's got that great one where he arches his back in a way, but I wasn't sure it was possible for a human being. <laughs> oh, where he's just, he's yelling at the universe. Oh, it's so good. Oh yeah. That one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But we got the Stonehenge one. We get the little one. Yeah. Um, with with amelia i'm i'm spoiling stuff but oh i will get there we'll get there. i cannot wait because next week next week in two weeks we get to cover that but while you wait we have our episode of the main podcast on uh chariots of fire with reverend bruce from the patreon next week we will have our episode on crimson tide something crimson tide Nearly said Crimson Dawn. Oh, Crimson it's, Tide. Fa- it's fantastic. I can't wait. Yeah. I don't know if we'll have anything in between, but we've got this episode. Well, we'll so listen if you really want to. Check and see if we released something yesterday. Yeah. Simple as. Check and see. Check and see. If you want to catch up with us, follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Best Film Ever Pod. Look at our Patreon if you want to see some more exclusive things and be in that conversation. Yeah. Patreon.com slash BFE. Yeah. We kept it simple for you very simple and with that i've been ethan and i've been ian and i will say even though i'm a brunette i ian you are the ultimate ginge we'll see you next time allons Zeke.